0: Welcome to The Old Show with Jody Harrison-Bauer and her daughter, Lexi. Over the next hour, you will learn how to embrace the age you are now and have the knowledge to walk fearlessly into the next chapter of your life. Now, here are your hosts.
1: Hello, everyone, and welcome to The Old Podcast. I am so excited to have you here with me and my daughter, Lexi. And we are going to be talking about what it means to get old older. And there are a lot of fears, challenges, but there's also a lot of beauty and joy. And we are here to shed light on all of those things and maybe more. So one of the things that I am finding myself talking about a lot, almost to the point of ad nauseum, is menopause. You said that right. What? I said it right. I said ad nauseum. I don't think that's
2: how you use it. I think you would say something I've been talking about ad nauseum, not too
1: ad nauseum. I think oh, the- I said too? Add- oh, oh, I did say it incorrectly. I, I, okay. I've been talking about it a lot. And um, I'm so glad that your father and I spent a lot of money on your private education, Alexis. Lexi, say hello to everybody. Hello, everybody. So I am 62. My daughter, Lexi is 30 years old, newly almost about four or five months out of 30. You're getting yeah, there less anymore. It's moving along fast. And we um we We talk often, we're very close and we thought it would be really fun to start this podcast and talk about how we view things differently and questions she might have and maybe some answers I can give you and people her age. So I've been talking a lot about menopause and honestly, at the age of 62, I did not think I would ever be talking about menopause and not even post-menopause because when I think of myself, I don't think of myself as in any of those stages Unless I go to the my gynecologist and you know we talk about me being postmenopausal, so one of the things that you know I don't know about you guys, but when I start thinking about something, it pops up in my life a lot. Lexi, does that happen to you? I guess so. Okay, well you know it happens to me a lot.
2: Yeah, well so, you, you're psychic, and I don't think I'm psychic. So I'm
1: a little I'm a little psychic. So. When I got divorced from Lexi's dad, I was 42 and was in a lot of different relationships afterwards because I was acting like I was 20 something with with raising children, but I never did the whole 20 something going out and dating when my children were with me. I was always present with my daughters and I did that stuff when they were with their dad because that was my private stuff to figure out. I had a lot of shit to figure out. Who I was, what I wanted, and so on and so forth. Cause I got married at 24. So as I was going through that phase of my life, like so many women do that when they hit 40, they suddenly, and I need to look up a statistic on that. Like, so you could probably do that. But I know this just from talking to other women that it's um they start reevaluating their life. Their children are in school full time. their husband's working all day and if they don't have a fulfilling job or they're they're a stay-at-home mom, they start wondering what life is all about. Where is my purpose? What am I doing here? Am I just a mom? Is that enough to fulfill me? And for a lot of women, it is. And for me, um, it was a time where I just felt like I had uh, grown out of the relationship that I was in and I needed to figure out who I was. Never thinking that, five, six years down the road that I was going to be hitting menopause, which totally fucks with your hormones. And I did experience a little bit of perimenopause in my late 30s. And that was, yeah, I wasn't getting my period regularly. And they put me on estrogen, low dose of estrogen. And that was supposed to help get me regulated, which it did. And then um, and then I I in my late 40s, I started going through menopause. I was in a toxic relationship and I didn't know. This is my point is that I didn't, I didn't know at the time that I was actually going through menopause. Like I knew like stuff was happening. My daughters were older. My oldest one, uh, what was I in 2011? Alyssa left for college and when? 2007. So I was 46. I left in 2011. Right. So I was 46 and then 51 when you guys, so I was like at the friggin' height the height of menopause in a toxic relationship, um, and I think a lot of You're like, to- yeah, let's open a business. Yeah, and then I decided to open up a business and compete on on world stages and fitness shows. I I just I look back at that time and I think so many of you who are listening and like, see, so you might even think this yourself when you tried something new. And you go, "What was I thinking?"
2: No, I've literally never <laughs> thought that. <laughs>
1: I hate you to do that, Like, so Maybe you need to go through menopause. No, I'm only kidding. Um, but I think so many of you who might be listening right now um, could think about times in your life when you were younger, especially going back to your 40s. So many women have like a reawakening, and I'll tell you why they have that reawakening. Besides the other things that I said, is because you've gone through puberty. If you've had children, you've gone through pregnancy. You've gone through postpartum if you've been pregnant and it's sort of a time where you're like i got this i know who i am i got it all figure it out nothing's gonna get in my way i look good i lost my baby fat i'm a i'm a hot mama right whether you're single or married or going through a divorce it's just a time i really think and i got to look into this more of like a reawakening and then fucking menopause hits you like a door
2: well, how do you think that's going to change now that women are having kids
1: later? So, why? Wait, hold on. Why are you so far away, and I look like my face is as big as the screen?
2: I'm leaning back in my chair because my back hurts. Can I do that? No, you look stupid. Is my face really big on the screen? <laughs> no, but why? Why is your chair so reclined? Like I'm sitting. Okay, in- it's not okay. I'm it's not, okay. in the chair, like it's upright. All right, go ahead. So, um Oh, so now that women are having children later, so you had your kids at 28 and 32, so you had many years between us going to school and you being like, "Wait, who am I? What's my life?" and hitting menopause. But I think now that women are having children in their late 30s, early 40s as more of the norm, I would say then they're going to, that's going to happen and they're going to hit menopause like right away.
1: Yeah. Yep. Yep. They're going to go right from being pregnant, postpartum to menopause. That That blows. It blows. It absolutely sucks. Like you can't even believe. Yes, that will happen.
2: Great. Can't wait.
1: No, it's just really awful. And I think that, you know, you know, I'm a spiritual person, but I don't talk about God or things like that. But like, I think, you know, there's a way that we were created, we were created to procreate and have babies and
2: you don't need to tell the 30 year old single girl this.
1: No, that's Lexi, Lexi, anyway. Lexi, I have told you, you have time because life is different and people are living longer. I know, okay, but if you're
0: going
2: to talk to me about like biology and how we were meant to have babies
1: at 19. That's well, you could have funny. had a baby at, at at 14. Okay. But you didn't. So right. <laughs> that would have been prime time to have a baby because you start you know, even like, by the time you're 20, it's like the best time to have a baby. So, but you weren't yeah, going to have why a baby. Yeah, Turner looked so good after her baby. She had a baby in right. 19, 20. Right, right, exactly. And I was just talking to a woman my age who, um, she was telling me she was going to visit her mom. And I go, oh, you're so lucky you still have your mom around. She goes, yeah, I guess. So, you know, she was just sort of being funny. And I said, how old's your mom? And she said, 15 years older than me. Oh.
0: And shit. I said,
1: what? I said, wow, you're lucky. You've had her around for a long time. She goes, try being 20 when your mom is 35. Yeah, that's tough. She's like, that's what I why I left my house when I was 16.
2: Yeah, because 20 and 35 is like
1: really close. <laughs> it's really close. It's really close. And she was an only child too. So, and raised by a single mom. So, um, anyway, uh, yeah, so that's the hard part. And so I guess, you know, the biggest point I want to make today, if I can make any point about menopause is that to be prepared. I was not, I want my daughters to be prepared. There's so much information out there that wasn't doctors. Um, your normal provider won't know too much about this stuff and you should really see a hormone expert and just be prepared. It's sort of like what Lexi and I were talking about last week that if you want to grow old in a healthy way, then you need to start working out and eating healthy and creating healthy habits early in life, like in your 20s. So when you do hit 40s, your 50s, you're not chasing after, how do I get healthy? What do I do? How do I eat? It's not too late. It's never too late, but it's better to be ahead of the game, right? To be proactive about your health and wellness. And I find that with children, my daughter's ages, that generation, the millennials, there's so much information out there. You guys have so much information and are so well-educated And it's great, but sometimes there's so much information, you don't know where to look. And that's very overwhelming and you have to know who you can trust. And so my my motto is to be prepared. And if your goal is to be healthy and well and have have balanced hormones, by the time you're my age, it's to look into it now if you're in your 20s or 30s um, before you have babies so you know what your baseline hormonal levels are. And that's as scientific as I'm going to get about it. I wish that I had done it. I wish, wish, wish. And that you had done what? That I had gotten my hormones tested before I had your sister when I was 28. I wish that. So I knew what my baseline was. Why do you know that? Because maybe I ran low testosterone. Maybe I ran low estrogen. Maybe the reason. That doesn't mean it's normal. No, but it would be normal for me. For example, I have an abnormal EKG.
2: Right. But it's still not good. Like when I got my hormones tested,
1: I'm glad you're sharing that.
2: I was low in something that does, that was like a problem that needed to be fixed. So it wasn't like when I'm menopausal, I don't want to get back to that. Like that's still wrong. That's still bad.
1: No, no. What I need you to understand, what I need the listeners to understand too, is you get your baseline hormones tested. Let's just say, for example, I'm going to just use estrogen. You have low estrogen. Your hormone doctor says to you, we need to get your estrogen level up to where it should be for your age. Right. And then you decide, is this good for me? am I healthy enough to do it? Because if you, God forbid, if you've had cancer, you cannot be on any type of hormone replacement therapy. There are different other, other things that could prevent you from being on hormone replacement therapy. And, you know, in my show last week on fearlessly authentic, my other podcast, I had a naturopath who, um, specializes in hormonal, um, hormone replacement therapy. And she spoke, we spoke, we spoke, spoke for an hour about bioidentical hormone replacement therapy, which is plant-based. So synthetic hormones come from animals and that's what was used for say, for example, my mom. Um, A big one that was used back then was Premarin and it came from a pig. Um, Not a good thing to be on, nobody's on Premarin anymore. So it's very important to be educated um, on what is best for you. And so to answer your question, Lexi, an ideal situation would have been for you to get on that hormone that you were low in and get it back to the level you should have been at that age, right? So when you do get pregnant, that level is going to skew a little bit. And of course, all of your hormones are going to be incredibly messed up because it's a roller coaster ride for nine months. So if you have, if you know that they're balanced prior to getting pregnant, you have a better chance of you know, balancing them out afterwards and maybe not having postpartum depression, because the reason we have postpartum depression is because our hormones are messed up. That's the reason.
2: Because they get messed up
1: during pregnancy. Right. And postpartum, it takes a long time. It takes a couple of months for them to regulate again.
2: Right. But so how would having them regulated before fix that? They're still going to get messed up during pregnancy
1: you know how to bring them back to the balance. It's like somebody gaining a lot of weight and then bringing them back to their ideal weight. So let's say like at 20 years old, 25 years old, they weighed 145 pounds. That was their ideal weight. That's when they felt the best. They get pregnant. We'll use pregnancy as an example. They get pregnant, they gain 50 pounds. So they're up to 195. They know that the weight they feel the best at before they got pregnant was one forty five. So now we have a base. We have, we have a goal. So it's always the goal.
2: Normal. Like these are the hormone levels. Yes. Yes. But I don't get it. What don't you get? get No, it's important that. Because for hormones, it's not like weight where everyone is different. Isn't it like your estrogen needs to be in this range, your testosterone needs to be in this range. So it's not the same. It's not, you don't need to know that you need to get back to 145 pounds. You just need to get into that window that the doctor gives you. That's not the same as weight.
1: All right. That was a bad example. Okay. I'm just trying to give you.
2: Oh, it's not. You don't need
1: to know what it is. The doctor tells you what it what is normal. Right. There's a normal, right. So it's much more scientific than what you want to your weight. So that was a bad example. My bad. We could try to edit that out. We'll see when they listen to the show, if they can edit this part out. So um they're not going to, <laughs> that's okay. We're normal. So um yes, there are levels just like in everything it's scientific. You should be at this level. And that's why you were low in that, that certain hormone. And that's why it's very, very important to do that. I don't get it, but it's, let's- I don't know, like, see, come on, you're smart. You get this stuff. So what else do you want to know about menopause? Like, see the fact that you don't think about it, right. Which is the case for most women your age.
2: Right. Yes. I don't think about it. I am. I have had hormonal imbalances starting when I was like 28.
1: Mm -hmm.
2: And so that was the first time I
1: ever thought about my hormones. Um, And excuse me for a second, but that's when women start thinking about their hormones. Exactly. I had never
2: thought about my hormones, I guess, whatever age I was when I went on birth control, maybe I was thinking about my hormones, but probably not. Right. Um, I was probably just thinking about acne and sex because I think what you think about when you go on birth control. And then- I didn't think about my hormones still, until I started having hormonal issues when I was 28, got them tested, realized something was off. Um, and then now there's a big cultural conversation and conversation amongst my friends about birth control. So I feel like people are talking about their hormones a lot more because there's this huge conversation around birth control and people going off birth control, which has been a big trend this year. So that's been a conversation amongst my friends of, have you gone off it? What happened when you got off it? How long did it take? Also, because I'm 30 and it's 2023, there's a big conversation around egg freezing. So a lot of my single friends, none of my friends in relationships really, although this is a thing that people in relationships do also are talking about freezing their eggs. And that's a huge hormonal journey too. Um, if you're on birth control, sometimes you have to go off birth control to freeze your eggs. And then obviously you're injected with a bunch of hormones. Um, so those are the conversations that my friends are having now. And then some of them are starting to Talk about, think about, try to get pregnant. So there's also those conversations around like fertility, getting their hormones checked to see if they're fertile, I guess. Clearly, I yeah. have, because I don't even know what the, I don't even know the details of that.
1: Yeah. Um, well, again, it probably starts, and I'm no doctor, it probably starts with um, getting your hormones tested and see where they're balancing. And see one of the things I remember and I is like your titers, the the something with titers. And I don't remember because I didn't we don't remember. need to guess the things. Yeah, yeah. So um yeah, that's it's just very like your health, like fitness, like eating right. It's just something you need to be prepared for. And I wish that if I could tell my younger self something, I wish that I had done that so I didn't suffer so much during menopause, when I look back, you know, for somebody who's maintained their weight most of their life, except for when I was pregnant. um, I do remember after I finished, you know, after I won those two world shows at 49, going through menopause, and then opening up a studio at 50, I remember, like around 51, 52, while I was like in the depths of Menopause and in a very toxic relationship I'm sure that my mood swings brain fog and lack of libido uh all were attributed to towards some toxicity and not yeah. choosing the most empathetic person to be in a relationship with but like let me tell you something those hormones can make you do really 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 like out of body stuff and I won't share the things that I did, but it really, it, it, you really do feel like you're crazy. And I just wish that I had the support that I had friends that were going through the same thing I was. And that I was educated enough because the earlier you start, the better off you are. And I would go back and start hormones as soon as I started having irregular periods at 38. I would have started looking into hormone replacement therapy. So um, that is something that I'm very, very passionate about talking about to
2: learning for the first time right now that you started having irregular periods at 38 is very concerning.
1: No, I knew I had irregular periods at 38.
2: No, I'm, I'm saying I didn't know that until right now.
1: Oh, that's because I'm talking a lot about it and I'm remembering things. I know, you know I have fucking brain when fog
2: when I'm going to have
1: kids. Lex, that sucks. <laughs> it doesn't suck. It never sucks. If you're prepared, it never sucks. If you're prepared, it's the knowledge it's knowing, Hey, this is, this could be ahead of me. What fear, what, what I was scared of. My mother went through menopause at 32 after she had my little sister, but it's not genetic. It's, it's not, it's not, it's not hereditary. My doctor assured me of that. It was not hereditary. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. It's not hereditary. So, um, if you know anybody who's going, when, when you're going to hit it, it just pops up one day and you're screwed. Like I could no. just stumble into perimenopause tomorrow and not know. Well, you would know because I'm your mother, and you would tell me, "Mom, I haven't got my period in three de- in three months," and I I I, I don't feel. Like- I'm saying
2: it just happens.
1: Yeah. Oh yeah. There's no warning. That's why it's called perimenopause. It's going ding ding. ding. Menopause is coming. Ding ding
2: ding. Oh, so perimenopause is like a warning. Like, can you get pregnant if you're perimenopausal? Yep. It's just, it's just much harder.
1: Remember your friend in school when you were in grammar school and her mother was over was like 48 and she was in first grade? That's called a menopause baby, uh, like a perimenopause baby. That happens. So when you have babies in your 40s, well, not, anymore. All, well, not anymore back then. Normal now. Right. So if you hear about, this is always funny for me, you know, it's like, I'll meet somebody they're like, oh yeah, my, uh, my siblings are, you know, 60, 61. And then I have a little sister who's 40. I'm like, oh, menopause baby. Oh, okay. It's when, it's when you don't think you can get pregnant anymore. Cause you're going through menopause and it's like, whoops, mm-hmm. like, guess what? We're having a baby. Yeah. Yeah. So yes, I started, I started it at 38 and that's when they put me on Prozac. So this is what happens. The doctors think you're crazy. You have anxiety.
2: What is Prozac antidepressant or anxiety Mm -hmm. or?
1: Both. Like,
2: it would be like,
1: it would be like, I think it's like the same family. Again, we're not doctors, the same family. I was thinking that. No, but I'm, I just want to say that like Zoloft.
2: What but what does OLAF do? Makes you happy? Antidepressant?
1: No, it's an it's an antidepressant, anti-anxiety.
2: Okay. So what, so they go hand in hand a lot.
1: Right. But I couldn't go on Prozac because then I developed high blood pressure. So it is hereditary. Right. So my dad had high blood pressure. Both of my sisters have okay. it. When people don't care about the well, I'm just saying it's genetic because it was hereditary. I never smoked. So like yeah. Like I don't, and I was never overweight. So, um, yeah, when that came on, I'm like, okay, thanks daddy. And, um, and then we, we dealt with it. and my blood pressure is like down, it's like perfect now. And I'm hardly on any dosage, but that happened in my late thirties. What? I'm sick. No, well, it is good because that is, that stuff can affect your kidneys. Blood pressure medicine affects your kidneys. That's why my father suffered with renal cancer, renal failure. Plus he was on blood pressure for a long time. So um anyway, yes, it just comes on and perimenopause is just telling you, like, hey, menopause is around the corner. Got it. Okay. Yep. And then it comes on. Oh, so there a comes... yep, there's the warning. Yep. That's that's the warning. Okay, got it. And then I started taking a little bit of estrogen. You know, it sometimes it comes, you're like, hmm, I think I'm going through uh menopause. And you're like, nope, got my period. And then you keep getting your period. And you're like, I think I'm- Estrogen make you keep getting your period? Yes. No, what what it did from, yes. So I went back on a low dosage of estrogen. Right. But what I learned from my guests last week was that they should have put me on something else to go with the estrogen. So please listen to the show on Fearlessly Authentic from last week, which was, what was last Thursday? The newest episode of Fearlessly Authentic with Dr. Elena. Um, she, she like really explains it very clearly.
2: Well, it's also interesting because I also feel like everyone my age has PCOS, which I'm very uneducated about, but a lot of people are talking about PCOS. I think it's very common. And I do know that one of the symptoms is irregular periods.
1: Um, she talks about that on the show too. Okay. So then which, I won't. She suffered, she suffered from it and then she got her hormones regulated and her mom was a doctor. So
2: Yeah, uh, I know it's I know it's very common and it's pretty easy to miss and easy to misdiagnose. Yeah. And it has caused causes a lot of women a lot of trouble with hormone imbalances and fertility issues and things like that.
1: Well, here's the other point I want to say about um menopause and perimenopause is, and my guests that I've had on Fearlessly Authentic have talked about this a lot if we're talking about hormones, is that if you feel depressed, if you feel anxious, if you don't feel like yourself before you decide to go on an antidepressant or anti-anxiety medicine or any type of medicine to change the way you feel, get your hormones checked first because your hormones control everything. They control everything. Everything. They control your metabolism. They control everything. They are the conductor of your symphony. Your hormones are a symphony. And, you know, the conductor is that is in charge right there. And it has to be working like that. And so think about this from the time you get your first period at 12, 13, or 14 years old, like you said, all the way to postpartum, you are trying to balance your hormones. There's always an imbalance going on. Always, always, always. So most of our lives we're dealing with hormonal imbalances and it's, it's an ongoing process to struggle, but, and here's my big but and my big point is if you don't smoke, if you drink in moderation, if you exercise regularly, if you are eating a healthy, clean diet, 80% of the time, if you are sleeping regularly, if you are a happy person and are in a positive, good relationships with people around you, you will be better prepared going into all of these different stages of life. So again, you know, a goal without a plan is just a wish. That's, that's it. That is it. What else did you have for me, Lex, about menopause?
2: I didn't have anything for you. You were supposed to lead the conversation. Oh, okay. You're for my lovely personality.
1: Oh, okay. Um, well, I had something interesting. So I will say I've been taking, if I didn't share this already, I've been taking bioidentical hormones since um, for two and a half years.
2: Since you turned 60
1: since I turned 60, one of my good friends who's about 10 years younger than me started using them. And I noticed that her skin looked really, really good. And I I thought, hmm, she looks really good. What is she doing? And she told me about this doctor. And I thought, oh, I, I don't know if I'm too late because there is a window where, so we have receptors and you're re- and they're very open to receiving things that are helping us. But after a certain amount of time, I guess there's a window that closes for certain hormones to be received correctly in your body. That and is I, bad. I was at the end of that, at 60, because I stopped getting my period at 50. So I was really scared that I would never, I'm still at not, I'm still not at my optimal, optimal um, levels, but we're working on it because I'm a sensitive person. So my body reacts very, very sensitively to things that I take.
2: Yeah. Um, When they put you on testosterone, you were crazy.
1: Yeah. Well, I'm taking that now, but a smaller dose. (laughs) You were like
2: really angry. I was
1: raging. (laughs) Right. So it's very important that you go to a doctor that, um, that knows how to balance the doses that they give you. And there might've been some other crap that was going on in my life too. Your sister might've been annoying the shit out of me. It, you know, it's like when you go to a doctor and you are. You were different levels of angry than I've ever seen. I know. I don't know what happened to me that day. Like I think that was. The smallest things you would get. I know. I'm embarrassed. So
0: I'm
1: embarrassed. I'm embarrassed. Okay. So, um, what was I going to say? So um, when you, when a woman thinks that she has, I I talked to him about this on the show, this was on with Dr. Jacobson, who is my hormone doctor. And you can, his episode ran two weeks ago on this podcast. And he, um, we were talking about low libido and he said, well, you know, not everything can solve, like hormones can't solve low libido. Low libido is a very, very complex thing. It could be your lover. It could be you. You may not like the person you're having sex with anymore. So therefore, you don't want to have sex with him or her.
2: I think women's bodies fully reject, like physically reject a person that they're no longer interested in. I have heard this from so many correct. friends. correct that your body will just stop. Like your Shut body down. no, we're not having sex with this person anymore. Like we refuse. You might not know in your head that you don't like them yet. We're tell we're telling you we don't like this person anymore.
1: Have you ever been in a relationship with anybody that um you know that you were having you know regular sex with, you were having a relationship with, and that you knew you were getting as you guys call the ick from him, and you just like you just cringe yes. away, right? You just cringe away, like you they, know that this is cro- Right, a crowbar to open your legs, and you're like, eh. no, it's not happening. You are not getting anywhere near any nothing. Yes. And I've also watched friends date
2: people who I know they don't like anymore. Like I can see from a distance with yeah. like, my really good friends, like I know this relationship is over, but they haven't figured it out yet. And then have watched them leave that relationship, talk about how their sex life wasn't great, meet someone else, be like, oh, I didn't hate sex. I just didn't like that person anymore. Yep, that's happening. I didn't know, yeah, because it's really hard to accept that.
1: It is, especially if you you do love that person or have very strong feelings and you're like, I really want to have great sex with you. But you just, when their hand touches you, you're like, oh. So it's not always low libido while you're going through menopause. It could be that your lover just sucks. Yeah. And it's just not a healthy relationship. So once you get those hormones balanced and you still get the ick from him or her, then you need to move on. So and that and that's why so many doctors who help with hormones say that it's it's not just it's not you, it's your hormones. So blame it on the hormones.
2: Yeah. Oh, I also learned this weekend in about the back to the birth control thing. Yeah. That there is something going on where women are getting off of birth control mm-hmm. and their hormones are changing and they no longer like their partner. I don't know Weird. how accurate this is. I had a friend tell me about this this weekend. They were kind of joking. They were talking about it. The, it was a, heterosexual couple, the girl was talking to me about maybe getting off birth control. She was saying that her boyfriend told her that he's heard all these stories about women going off birth control and not liking their partners anymore. And so they were talking about like, let's get off birth control before we get engaged and make sure that we still like each other, like no. kind of kidding. But I was like, that does actually make sense because if you're, if you go off birth control and your hormones change drastically, that happens for some people. It doesn't for some people. I had been on birth control for 10 years. I went off. I thought my life would change. Literally nothing happened. Uh, But some people, a lot changes. So I did think that that was interesting.
1: It is interesting, but I don't think it could alter your personality that much. I think that.
2: No, but like it could change an attraction a little bit. I don't think that if it's someone, I don't think it does. Like a long-term serious relationship you're in love with that you're going to then not like them.
1: Yeah. Like, yeah. When I haven't liked people, it wasn't, you know, It wasn't because of my hormones, but it it did raise my, my anger levels because one of the things, one of the things that happens while you go through menopause is mood swings, mood swings. And my mother had them terribly and terribly. We would just get out of her way. It was, and my mother was a feisty person, as you know, I'm, I'm very feisty and a real mood and, swing sounds scary. It is scary, Alexis. It's very, very scary because you're almost having like an out-of-body experience. And it's when I think back, you know, in my early 50s, the things that I did, that they were scary. It was really, really scary. So um, if you don't feel like yourself, get your hormones checked because they they do control our emotions. They, they really do. Um, so that is, that is really all I have to say about hormones, but menopause, just be prepared for it. It's funny. You know what a lot of people, when I'm talking about it on my, um, social media is they're like the men say, so does that mean you take a pause from men? And I'm like, well, kind of, sort of, yeah, yeah, sure, sort of we we do. It's just a time where women start to really start understanding who they are, if they have the right support system around them. And again, that's what I did not
2: have. you realize who they are at 50?
1: We're always trying to figure out who we are. You just, you know what, because hopefully you are forever evolving. You are forever becoming the person you, want to you are in your 20s. No, Alexis. No, no. Because what's going to happen is if you want a family, then you're going to become a mother. Then you're going to, if you get married to that person you have babies with, you're going to become a wife and your roles in life. Just chill. Change. And the men just chill. Exactly. And so one of the things you and I were talking about before we got on or
2: they are like 15 and just stay that way forever. Say that again. Is that they can decide who they are at like fifteen and just literally stay that way forever?
1: Yeah, yeah. It's um, it's an unfair world. <laughs> it's it's very unfair, but we are the stronger of the two uh, because we have to go through all of this. We are carrying a baby for nine months. We are taking care of children. We are trying to work and take. And that whole thing, I will be just completely honest, and I know that this is not like the coolest thing to say, but can a woman have it all? Sure, she can. Sure, she can. She can have her high-powered job. She can be a wife. She can be a mother. She can do all of those things. But listen, girlfriend, it's going to be fucking hard because you're not a dude. It's going to be hard. I opted out. I didn't do it. I, I I I couldn't. I knew myself better. And I mean, a little bit of it had to do with the way I was raised. I had my mom was home and your dad's mom was home. So it was a little bit like that. But when I was a single mom and I was trying to figure out who I was and working and trying to have, you know, figure out if I want to fall in love with somebody and trying to make sure you girls were good when you're going through puberty and then 15, your sister driving me crazy. It was just two dogs. It was tough and worrying about my future and and still being there as a positive role model for you guys. Um, I'm thankful that I went through it because I am the person I am today. Um, and I'm sorry for maybe stuff you saw me go through, but I think that it's important for kids to see their parents being real. I think it's yeah. very important for kids to not think, you know, when I hear a lot of, let's, I'm just going to call you millennials. When I see a lot of min- millennials or like I'm watching The Bachelorette, for example, and they're like, I want to have what my parents have.
2: Um, I don't think they're millennials. I think they're like the next Gen Z.
1: <laughs> the people on The Bachelor are pretty young, but okay. They're like in their late twenties, but are they? Yes, they are.
2: Okay. I feel like they're like 25. I don't.
1: Maybe they are. They're 27. Okay. Twenty nine. I don't know if that's part of the millennial group.
2: I don't know. I'm like at the bottom of the millennials.
1: When does it end? Ninety five. Maybe that sounds All right. right. Ninety five, ninety six. But okay, so they're um, on the coast. okay. So when I hear people say that I want to have, um, you know, my parents always had a perfect relationship, and I think that's lovely that they think that. You think that it's not true? I'm not saying they're saying it for TV. I'm not. I'm not. Dis- hey, no,
2: you're saying their relationship wasn't perfect
1: nobody's is Lexi, nobody's is, everybody has shit that they go through. And I don't think children need to see everything their parents go through, but I think it's important if you're raising adults to be realistic about relationships that you are real with them, you know? And you do explain things to them and that that life isn't always perfect and it's okay. It doesn't right. have to be exactly. fucked up. It doesn't have to be fucked up to be okay, but things sometimes things do get fucked up. And we just need to weather that storm and learn from it. And don't um, know what those kids on the bachelor are talking about. Like they
2: could say, I want what my parents have, which was maybe just like maybe it wasn't perfect, but like they loved each other and they liked what they saw.
1: Right. Right. And I think that's a very, very important um to show children how to love. And um and while we're on the topic of of loving relationships, I think for the listeners at home. Um, it's really important for a man to understand, especially if he has daughters, how important his his role in their life is. It's so important. I think a lot of men just think, well, I gotta be a man for my son. I gotta show a man how to be a man. But it's the girls are looking at their dad because they're gonna bring home that man. Amen to that, right, Lex? What? Amen to that.
2: Bring home my dad?
1: No, no, no. You will bring home somebody similar to your dad. You will. Both of you will. Both of you will. It's not a bad thing. Is that what people do?
2: Yes. Isn't it like you date one of your
1: parents? I married my mother. That was your father. <laughs> um you do women do wow, tend. I really hope he never hears that. He'll lose it. <laughs> I think he he probably would. I do not think he's listening, but maybe you could just, anybody listening here who knows me well, um, you could send this link to my ex-husband. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Um, uh, Okay, I lost my train of thought for a second. But I think women do bring home a man that is similar to their dad. And that's why that role model of a well-rounded man being respectful of his wife is so important because men, men learn from their fathers and girls see their dad interacting with their mom and they're like, hmm, they're either used to that. They're going to bring home somebody toxic if that's the relationship they saw with their parents, or they're going to be bring home some loving person or some qualities, you know? And it's just, it is the truth. I mean, the man I'm married to well, know, now- like opposite. What? Aren't there
2: people that see their parents and are like, "Fuck that," and then bring home the opposite?
1: Yeah, yeah, they do that too. But that's why it's important for a person who's getting married to be very self-aware of who they are and what they want. Yeah, not get married very early, and do the work, do the work on themselves because. But um, there
2: are those success rates of the like high school
1: sweethearts. I know it's really cute.
2: I think that I think maybe high school sweethearts go in like a separate category. I feel like high school sweethearts like always stay together forever. There's some stat on the success rate of high school sweethearts because I was talking to you about this the other day. There's something, I think it's like the two, two of the biggest indicators on whether how successful a couple will be is where they grew up Mm-hmm. And their socioeconomic background, which I guess is like the same thing.
1: Do you think it's that's a success rate?
2: That's a big indicator of success.
1: I, I can under I could totally understand that. I mean,
2: and I also saw something I think on TikTok recently that was very interesting. That was talking about friends that have been in your life for a really long time and how you're always trying to get back to who you were as a child, basically, because that's like the truest form of yourself before you've realized the perceptions of other people and have like put on this front. And so by the time you're even in high school, probably, or definitely the video said by the time you're 18, you have already become this version of yourself that you think other people will like, you'll think you're supposed to be or you want to be that isn't maybe isn't necessarily who you are. And from that point, you're always trying to get back. So those people that were in your life before you were 18 are like the truest relationship. So I think that might be another reason why
1: high school sweetheart. Yeah, because you're not putting on any airs. You don't know who you are. You're just being so incredibly authentic. You don't know how to be anybody else but yourself.
2: Right. And I think that's why childhood friends are so special. Like it's always just a different relationship.
1: When I get together with somebody I've known since I was 12 years old, it's, we were on the phone last night. Cause I set her up on a date and um, oh. what? How'd it go? It, it went well. I'll, I'll give you the details afterwards. And um, it went well, but we, she made a comment cause you know, she's very funny. She made a comment that brought me back to seventh grade we were in seventh grade. Like whenever I'm with her, we're in seventh grade. Right. That's the thing. We are Lexi. We laughed. She has a great laugh. We laughed. Frank came upstairs. (laughs) I was in bed and he came upstairs. He's like, what's so funny. I'm like, I couldn't even tell him. We were like almost peed in our pants because we're 62 years old. And so, um, we're not incontinent, but, um, It was just, it just brought me back. It's just a warm, fuzzy feeling that, and she said that when we were getting, when we got together a few weeks ago, that it just brings us right back to us using our fake IDs to get into Fitzwillies in New Haven and wearing our wedges and, you know, being 16 years old and getting into bars and drinking and driving home. Right,
2: Right. because everyone loves their childhood friends. Everyone doesn't have the best childhood friends. It's just, it makes sense that that is like, the most yeah. true version of yourself.
1: Yeah, it's, 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 really, um, it's really a very, very um, cool thing. So that's interesting. I did not know that, but I would see how that would feel like home. Right. Yeah, I didn't know that.
2: And if um, you're high school sweethearts, you grew up in the same place, you probably come from similar backgrounds.
1: So, and when that changes, obviously- when that doesn't work out is when one person starts changing, the other person doesn't, and you can't get back to that place where it was true and beautiful.
2: Right. But if you think about childhood friends that remain childhood friends, they didn't necessarily grow exactly the same way. They were just able to always
1: support one another
2: back to that.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
2: Like, I don't think that childhood friends always grow the exact same way. I don't know. I guess mine kind of did yours kind of did too. This kind of did.
1: Yeah. I mean, they change, they grow, you grow. I think that if they don't grow at the same um, level as you do, then you lose interest because you um, you're not growing at the same pace. And I think that's what happens in relationships also in marriages, which is um, why I don't think anyone should get married until they're over 30 so they could experience life and have a a better feeling as to who they are and what they want out of life. Because in your twenties, you really just don't know. But again, like you said, there are a lot of people who are younger and in their twenties and they have long lasting relationships. Um, All right. We're going to wrap it up here. Um, What? So timely. I'm very impressed with you. I know. I know. And I didn't even have my timer on. Um, I loved this conversation because I think it's really important that people do understand that it's not them, that it is, you know, we always have to work on ourselves. We have to be self-aware is very, very important. And if you don't know how to be self-aware, find a really good therapist and figure out why stuff doesn't work for you. Why, what's bothering you, how to figure it out.
2: The book I'm reading right now is really good for that. Um, How to heal your life or you can heal your life.
1: Oh, okay. Do you know the uh, author?
2: I'm Googling it. Um, you Can Heal Your Life by Louise Hay. It's a very famous book.
1: How long has it been around?
2: Um, 1984.
1: Oh, yeah. It sounded familiar. And
2: she, the author, Louise, wrote the book at age 60. We love that.
1: We love that. We love an over 60 woman. And, um... I might as well just give a little plug for my meal plan for anybody who's interested in trying to uh, lose some weight or get healthy. You can go to jodyfit.com and check out my meal plan. It's really good. It's very comprehensive. I have a new one coming out soon. Hopefully it will be out in the next month or two and more updated. Um, But I know there are a lot of people buying it right now who I think you know they see the fall coming. They're like, okay, I had a really great summer. It's been fun. I drank too much. I ate too much. Now I got to pull it back. And um, usually the fall is when everybody wants to get their schedule. I can't believe we're even talking about the fall. Mom, we we got to go. Okay. All right. <laughs> Goodbye, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, you can find me at Jody Harrison Bauer on all of my social platforms. And check us out on YouTube as well. And remember to rate, review, and subscribe to the old podcast. Bye-bye, everyone.
0: Thanks for tuning in to today's episode of The Old Show with Jodi Harrison-Bauer and her daughter Lexi. We hope today's episode has helped you understand that being old is just another chapter to live through. Another chapter worth embracing because each day we get older and that is a privilege. Until next time, have a beautiful week. Please remember to subscribe and give us a five-star rating and review wherever you listen to podcasts. Check us out on all social media platforms at Jody Harrison Bauer and at The Old Podcast.